title of our new series is What a Character You Are. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be addressing the subject matter of wrestling with God. We've already discovered that we're in a war, we're in a battle, uh, but aren't you thankful that the Lord is fighting with us and for us in this battle? And if God be for us, who can be against us? Then last week, we looked at a very important subject matter. We looked at our constant companion called change. Change is something that is ongoing and will always be a part of our life. And so we're constantly on a learning curve. If we accept that, then we can make change our friend instead of our enemy. Instead of begrudging change, we can begin to welcome change and look at the possibilities of change, especially when we talk about changing and being more Christ-like. That's something to get excited about because he takes us where we're at But he doesn't leave us there. When we come to faith in Christ, he welcomes us with all of our luggage, all of our baggage. He knows exactly what he's getting when he gets us. But then he begins the work. He begins to transform us and change us. And that is such a beautiful ministry of the Holy Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 reads this way. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Nine characteristics of Christ-like character. There they are. And then in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 32, if you want to turn back there, we're going to uh, read that here in a moment. But, you know, as a reminder that this study what a character you are, is about developing Christ-like character. It's also about change and how God changed us and is committed to working in us until the day we depart to be with him or he comes to receive us unto himself. Therefore, let's take a, uh, a look once again at our definition of character. Character is who we are because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're changed as we behold him. We're changed because of him. And all good character development happens in our life because of Jesus Christ. I uh, now want to draw your attention to Genesis uh, chapter 32. We're going to pick up once again in the life of, of Jacob. Uh, Jacob is now at a season where uh, he has understood that God knows him and has a plan for him, uh, wants to bless him, and through Jacob wants all the people of the world to be blessed. So he is uh, now in a much better place with the Lord than what he was previously. Uh, Jacob previously, you know, got a blessing and got a birthright, but he got it through manipulation, coercion. He was fulfilling the definition of his name. And that was, you know, he was a deceiver, a heel grabber, a supplanter. But now that he's encountered God and God has changed his life, he's on a different path altogether. And he hasn't arrived. And that is the story of Scripture. No one ever fully arrives. Things are fulfilled in people's lives. Things are accomplished in people's lives. But from the moment that we come to faith in Christ and throughout all eternity, we are going to be changed because we're going to continue to behold him and know him. And one of the great illustrations that helps us to understand the beauty of God is the beauty of a diamond. And you can look at a really, really nice diamond 
and you can see all the different channels and in more light, more channels show up and it just becomes more and more beautiful. Well, thus it is with Jesus. You know, the more that we behold him, the more we become like him and the more we see him, the more we're transformed into his image and become, uh, you know, his image bearers and, and, uh, Character, his character begins to be developed in us. So Jacob is now at a at a at a a really pivotal point in his relationship with God. Uh, he's getting ready to go see Esau, and and this is there's a lot of concern on Jacob's part uh, because when the last time he saw his brother, uh, his brother uh, and him were as far as the North Pole is from the South Pole. They, uh, Esau was very upset at Jacob uh, to the point that he uh, had threatened to take his life. And uh, Jacob is now returning home. And that's one of the vows that he made to the Lord. He said, uh, after the Lord uh, introduced himself to Jacob, Jacob said, you know, I, if you'll be with me, I, I'll go home. And now he's making good on his vow and, and he's going home. Cause so we can see there's a change in Jacob and instead of just doing things his way and, and just, you know, letting the chips fall where they may and not really having regards for his family or, uh, the, the harm that he's caused his, his family or for the issues that he created within his family. He now wants to go back and see his family, but he's so, uh, overwhelmed by the possibility that Esau may not be looking favorably at him. So he he takes his family, uh, the family that God has blessed him with, and he begins to divide them. Uh, Leah and her family uh, are going uh, uh, are going to go one way and and uh, and 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 they're going to take a a certain path. And then uh, Rachel and her family are going to take a completely different path. Because he doesn't know when he's going to encounter Esau in this journey back home. And he gave them specific instructions. If you run into Esau before I do, this is what I want you to tell him. So he scripted something. I mean, he was really fearful and apprehensive. So uh, they said, okay. And then this is where we pick up the story. His family has departed and he's now alone and he's going to wrestle, and he's going to wrestle with God all through the night. And let's pick up this account now in verse 22 of Genesis 32. And he arose that night, and he took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. And he said to them, uh, and he took them, he sent them over the brook, and excuse me, and sent that and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day is man capitalized in, in your Bible. Okay. Whenever that happens, it's not talking about humanity. It's talking about deity. So this will help you when you're reading the Bible. And as we read through this story, notice the personal pronouns that are capitalized, okay? 
And so he took them over to the brook, and Jacob was left alone, verse 24, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day, verse 25. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, so he being this man that we'll discover who he is here in a minute, I think you guys have a good idea, he discovered Jacob. Jacob has got some fight in him. Now he had been using all of this energy and all this fight to get things his own way. But now he's in a he's in a wrestling match to try to obtain something in honorable way. And it's a new way for Jacob to live. It's it's he's turned a page and it's it's a whole new way for him to begin to try to go down a different road in his life. And it says and uh, in verse 25 and he said and now when he saw that he uh, did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Notice all the capitalization there. Are you guys following the story now? Can I get an amen? All right, verse 27. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob, and he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved or my life has been spared. Now, many times in Scripture, God uh, manifests himself in various ways and forms. And this is a perfect example of it, that God actually comes and uh, in the form of a, a man, but it's not a man. It's God manifesting himself in that way. Uh, and Jacob is now wrestling with God. And this is a, a, a fabulous uh, story in that Jacob required and asked just two things. One, he wanted the blessing. You think to yourself, he's already got a blessing. Well, does he? The blessing really wasn't a blessing in his life. Look at what it caused in his family. Look at all the harm and all the division, all the hard feelings, and uh, all the isolation, all the division that came into his home. Why? Because he may have had a blessing, but it wasn't a blessing the way that God wanted him to get a blessing. You know, there's people every day, this is one of the, the, the questions that people have asked me throughout the years, is that why is it that the wicked prosper? Why is it the, the wicked are they, they seem to flourish and they seem to prosper. That's a, that's a question the psalmist asks many times, correct, as you read through the book of Psalms. But when you consider it, are they really blessed? If you look at it just from a fiscal standpoint, maybe you could say that they're better off than some. But are they really better off? When you look at what a blessing is and what it's not in the Bible, then I think you come to the same conclusion that I do, that a blessing without God's blessing on it is not a blessing at all. 
There are certain things that people can do through coercion, manipulation, maybe even through hard work, ingenuity, or their own gumption, and maybe to a degree a door will open here and there. Maybe they can have some success in the market. Maybe they'll have a good career. Maybe they, you know, seem to have it all together. But in the end, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, Jesus asks a question, what did you gain? So Jacob realized his blessing really wasn't blessing him or anybody else. And now he's wrestling with God for what? What God had already foretold about him. When Esau and Jacob were in their mother's womb, they were wrestling. Rachel went and talked to the Lord. There's a wrestling match going on on the inside of me. There's a struggle. And what is happening? And the Lord told her, you have two nations in your womb. You have two different people groups in your belly, in your womb. And the younger is going to be greater than the elder. And when they were born, how did Jacob come out? Grabbing Esau's heel. But he already, already by the divine providence and sovereignty of God, it was foretold to his mother that he, Jacob, would rule or have a greater place of influence or impact than Esau. This gives us a little bit more insight that maybe that's why Rachel preferred Jacob. She knew some things about him. Why maybe her heart was maybe more enlarged towards him than Esau. And maybe why Isaac was more drawn towards Esau was because he was a man of the field and a sportsman, if we want to put it in that category. Interesting, isn't it? When you read the Bible and you think like, oh, their families were just as dysfunctional as my family. They had the same issues that we have. I mean, sibling rivalries and vengeance and threats and, and uh, you know, all, all of the things. Aren't you comforted to a degree that God, you know, isn't shocked by human behavior and still continues to work with us and show up and be merciful and gracious and kind and, and continues to change us? As we discovered last week, he's the Lord and he doesn't change, therefore... We're the object of his adoration and affection so that we change. And the more that we encounter his love, the more we're changed. He loves us, period. Not when and if he loves us. And that that love is what is changing us. And if we try to get that love any other way, it's us taking credit for something that he should only get credit for. Amen. So Jacob is wrestling with God. The second thing that he wanted to know is, who am I wrestling with? What is your name? What is your name? The Lord wouldn't reveal that to him. But in the Hebrew language, all indicators show that this was God manifested in an earthen vessel to try to give Jacob 
what he was destined to have, and that was a blessing. But in order to get it, there was a wrestling match that had to take place. And that's where I want to spend the next few minutes before we have a time of discussion. So wrestling with God makes us uncomfortable. But it's how we grow in our relationship with him. We have to wrestle with some things. You know, wrestling is a contact sport. So I have uh, spelled out the word wrestling in an acrostic, and I want to just go through this briefly, and this will be the point of our discussion. So this is how I want us to consider each and every one of these points. There's nine of them here. Let's put the word wrestling in front of each of them and see if you can identify if you've ever been in that position with God before. Have you ever wrestled to work out your salvation with fear and trembling? Maybe you need to circle the word work out our salvation. Have you ever just tried to show God or prove to God through your own good works or through your own righteous deeds that you really were capable and a competent human being? And God's not ever accused us of being incapable or incompetent. He's the one that gave us gifts and abilities. But he wants us to rely on him. So working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Have you ever wrestled with that? Like God will take it from here. Thanks for saving me. Thanks for giving me the Holy Spirit. Thanks for, you know, uh, all the promises. But, hey, <clears throat> I've got it. I've got it. I, I think I know what to do from here. All right, number two, recognize our need for God's blessing. You ever, re- you ever wrestled with, you know, just recognizing the ongoing, ever-present need for God's blessing? Have you ever got to the place, you know, that that became something you were aware of? You ever wrestled with examining yourself? It's so much easier to turn the spotlight on somebody else. I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I, I don't mess up as often as so-and-so. I'm, I'm not as dirty as so-and-so. I don't have such a, a bad habits as so-and-so. You ever wrestled with that? Ever wrestled with submitting and surrendering to him? If that's not a bullseye for all of us, I don't know. I mean, that's just part of human nature. Right? No one's going to tell me what to do. And depending on how you grew up, I mean, some people maybe feel very safe that way. That's, that's, that's their protection is that, you know, don't touch me, don't tell me, just back off and everything's going to be okay and no one's going to go to the hospital today. And so, all right, taking God at his word. You ever wrestled with taking God at his word? When he says, I supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory and it just seems like there's more month than money. I'm the Lord that heals you, and it seems like there's lingering illness. I'm the God of all comfort and consolation, and it seems like there's a lack of peace or serenity. You ever wrestled with letting go of your past? You ever wrestled with feeling insufficient on our own? Ever wrestled with giving up, going back? 
Ever wrestled with giving God the glory? Somehow, well, he couldn't have done it without me. You know, I helped God today. God needed a little help. I gave him a little shot in the arm. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for me, you know, God couldn't have got that done. That's what Scripture calls thinking more highly of ourselves than we should. Wrestling. Jacob wrestled. Everybody in the Bible wrestles with this. Why would we feel we wouldn't have to wrestle? We wrestle with the very fact that we have doubts, insecurities, weaknesses, frailties, flaws, infirmities, addictions, attitudes. Or am I the only one that fits into that? Category, yeah. God knows what he got when he got us. And he knew who he was sending Jesus to. Sinners. God's affection was towards us. The lost. The unhealthy. And he brings us into a place through his nurturing, loving care of wholeness and health. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.